Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. And this is the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want. Where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty roller coaster where we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship. Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. It's just Lynn and I today. Very excited to be back, the dynamic duo, or Lynn and me today. (laughs) Same, same. Same, same, but different, as they say in Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm really I'm really excited and actually we need to like come up with a different phrase I think we are always excited about our topics because we just love what we do (laughs) so I guess the problem with excited excited is a good word it's not like we're you know you know but we open up every podcast we're either stoked excited and I have to expand our (laughs) <laughs> vocabulary should we, should we pull out a thesaurus before every okay, i think so maybe we'll start using a new word and this is a topic that i know i have spoke about and it's something that i actually help my clients do um definitely and not just in the sales word world but we are talking about acting when it's hot or looking for the opportunities and taking the actions or seeing the opportunities or foreseeing the opportunities and taking that action so acting while it's hot and We'll definitely stick in a sales context, but this is true for like a lot of different aspects of just life and business. Absolutely. I feel like whenever I think about striking when it's hot, I think about all the missed op- opportunities I had in the stock market. There were so many times that I was yeah. like, well, I don't know. I don't know if Bitcoin's going to be a thing. I don't know. And then you look back, you're like, I could have been a gajillionaire in no like a kidding. week. So if you take nothing from this, and we haven't even done the podcast yet, but if you take nothing from (laughs) it, please take away that we understand that when you strike, when when you're striking when the iron's hot, there is inherently a bit of risk there because you are jumping into something without doing research. You're not sitting down and really going through and like running the numbers and doing a test and then like an A-B test. You're not doing any of that. So there is a bit of inherent risk in it. But if you do it the right way, and if you do it the right way, it can pay off big, huge. You just got to kind of let go of that a little, that control freak a little bit. And me telling you to let go of this control freak, that's big because that doesn't come out of my mouth very often. No, it's true. And we have it on here, the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast recorded. I, I agree. And uh, two things. One, I have a, a, an example of something I just heard. But also, there is, the world is moving so rapidly. Like, things are only speeding up. And with technology evolving so quickly, and um, with just things, the accessibility happening, closing the world more and more and more, things are happening at the speed of light. And yes, there are all these trends and different things. And that might be a different podcast, like how to differentiate what you do act on. We're not saying act on everything while it's fast. However, if you see an opportunity and you can fill that niche, or you have the desire and the resources to be able to maybe you might not be the expert which i have a whole thing with that word anyway but 
with that being said, like actually putting forth and yes, I'd be a kajillionaire as well because I had an opportunity to invest in Yahoo way back in the day that is showing my age. Just a little bit, but Jay's like, I, uh, I could have invested in Apple in the beginning oh. years. What was I? I mean, granted, I was a little young when still, but still it was, it was affordable. Yes. And I was in like stock market club and I'm like, I could maybe do Apple. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Are these computer things going to take off? Oh, it killed oh. me. Absolutely. Well, the crazy thing is, is I was actually in, uh, for those of you who don't know, in my sales background, I worked for a company called AirTouch Pageant, which then became Verizon, but we sold, essentially we had outside sales reps. I was an appointment setter. And then I was actually a, a, a phone um, salesperson and didn't, didn't go out to the clients, um, but we sent people out there, uh, but we sold two-way pagers blackberries but then the iphone was coming out and like becoming popularized and i can remember like this buzz around it and oh man the opportunities miss let me give you let me actually give you a quick story real quick an example that i just heard um on one of my favorite news channels instagram (laughs) (laughs) uh you know gotta stay up on things but there's an example of this and Amanda and I got to talk and this is why we're actually one of the reasons why we're having this um, topic on our podcast this week. But uh, a, a woman was talking about Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds, uh, an actor, most people know who he is. And he didn't make his millions or billions because of acting. He actually did it because he's a smart businessman and thinks in a very different way. So he bought a marketing company um, and he does this thing called faster time fast for tizing. And essentially what he does is he he's bought all these other companies, like a liquor company. He bought, uh, yeah, he bought, is it? I've never tried it. I'm not a gym person though. Um, he bought, uh, a soccer team. He bought like all these different types of companies. And essentially he turns around, he blows them up and then turns around and sells them. I think he even like, he had a a phone company, a a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, this is the example. So he years years back, there was this whole buzz around Peloton and how this woman's husband bought her a Peloton bike. And he essentially went to his team and said, you have 48 hours that we want to take that concept, create ads building for our, our gin, create ads building upon that storyline and have it out in the market within 48 hours. So he takes the attention that something's getting and couples it with fast execution and implementation and puts it out there. And it it skyrocketed his numbers. And I think that this is really important in this particular podcast, like study exactly what he does. Like if you're not taking our word for it, look at what Brian Reynolds does and how he's made billions of dollars based on this concept. It is the what's hot right within like how he could spin it in his own way so he didn't like he didn't go and buy a a a light company of peloton no he had this company that was gin which if you think about it is kind of the opposite of like working out and taking care of your body i mean yeah exactly um and then like just rode the wagon off of that but it was that speed of implementation that fast execution and i think a lot of times like we freeze and and i 
I am, I am so um, a reflective person, but I can, like, there are so many missed opportunities, even though I teach clients this and a lot of non-missed opportunities. I don't want you to think like I've had this whole, and with Amanda too, we haven't had this whole life of missed opportunities. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. However, looking at the opportunity in front of you and seizing that and figuring out what is that next step? And what that comes to or equates in sales is a lot of times we have people who are ready to buy, but we don't send that email for like 24 hours, or we don't even ask for the sale, even though they're ready to like purchase right there. Um, we don't nurture something the way that we should. We don't, we let that dialogue, that energy kind of die out, which in turn makes it harder for us to convert that into a sale and, or, get them to purchase at a bigger price point as well because they've kind of talked themselves out and if you've done the work properly like they're not remorse buying they're not like or being forced by if you act while it's hot they're utilizing that energy that excitement i mean we all have all of us at one time have done something we've second guessed it, even though we know it's the best thing for us but we might be like oh i could have spent the money differently here i could have because we get into our heads right and so we have a lot of missed opportunity and we're not acting while it's hot. We're allowing those sales to slip through when we could have more. Yes. And I, I want to add on to that. And it's sort of a side tangent, but things have changed since I first started doing business. So that was a while ago. So when I first started doing business, social media wasn't really a thing to date myself. It wasn't really a thing yet. And I remember having this discussion with a client who had missed on a customer service inquiry, which could have led to a larger sale. And they were like, well, we just weren't, it wasn't, they didn't call during our business hours and why should we keep up? And yet you want to set boundaries. I'm not saying you don't want to have boundaries in your business. However, it was far enough into the social media age that responding in less than 24 hours was a red flag for that client and wanting to get information. And because of the nature of social media and how they had reached out on social media and they kind of expected to get a response, it was that missed action. And they, if they had just sort of set up a system in place or hired somebody else that could have received that income and that customer service inquiry could have been taken care of in that less than 24 hours place. Because I think now more than ever, people expect to hear back from you faster. I mean, everybody Absolutely. expects to hear back instantaneously. And it's so much so that there are, I forget the exact statistic. And I'm sure we've actually even put it on our own Facebook page or our Instagram page. I think but, we did, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like how much business goes to the person who acts the fastest, the person who is the first one to respond to them, particularly if, you, if, if they're sussing out different people within the same field they're going to get back to that. The first person to get back to them is the one they're going to go with, regardless of anything else that's going on. So a lot of that fast action is just expected now. And I want to also point out, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is a billionaire and he has millions of dollars at his disposal at any given point to enact this fast advertising, you know, way of living and way of doing business. And Yes, if we all had extra millions of dollars to buy a marketing company and we could force them to meet our 48-hour deadlines, that'd be amazing. But that doesn't mean you can't do it on a zero budget. It doesn't mean you can't have that same mindset and that same drive and that same push, even if you don't have any of that expendable income. And I think that's important to note because Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he and his beautiful unicorn wife, like they could go off into the sunset. That's They're great. They're both just and gorgeous. They have billions of dollars. Great. 
they're beautiful. They're beautiful people. They're just disgusting. God favorites. It's fine. Hashtag God favorites. The point is that they, it's not just that they have the money, it's that they're putting this implementation in and they have the idea and they have that passion, they have that drive. And yes, they have the resources, but it doesn't mean you can't do it just because you may not have that kind of financial resource. Oh, no, absolutely. So this is, and it's funny when I was listening to your story, I can remember to go to stay on that sidebar for a second before I get back on is um, when we had, when I had the security company and when I first opened up the security company, I didn't have like security when we're putting in alarm systems, uh, people are calling you all different times. And because I lived in Hawaii too, we had a lot of people who didn't live on Island. So they'd be calling at mainland. They would call during mainland hours. And, um, I would have a lot of missed calls and when I'd call them back, they'd be like, oh, we already went with somebody else, et cetera. And I realized like I was missing these opportunities. I ended up getting a an answering service who would answer 24 seven. And I saw an exponential like movement in my uh, closing of those that were calling in, right? So that would be the reactive sales. So that were reaching out to us, but it is incredible. And so here's, Go, getting back on to the sales process, because I think you get the, the the idea of like, okay, there are lots of opportunities that we could miss. So this is what I would suggest to start with is like, analyze where there are missed opportunities in your sales process, like where you're bottlenecking or not like clicking as quickly as what you should. Because yes, just like Amanda said, we don't have, you might not have those a marketing company at your disposal with millions of dollars to throw into things. But this is like a simple thing. Uh, if it is something like you're in a business where things need to be answered immediately, set up auto reply, set up a, a, a an alert on your phone that will go off, hire somebody to manage that in your off hours. Or if you have employees, we use it, but again, it's security, but lots of companies do this. Like somebody will come, always have that on their like after hours, like obligations, right? To make sure that they're answering that depending on like the type of business, but find those things where you are missing opportunities and see if you can automate it. If you can fill in the gap, if you can uh, have something that will decrease that time of connection, but also it's like looking at for the, the opportunities. And I think that that creates the ball rolling in the positive way too. When we're looking for opportunities, we open up ourselves to receive opportunity as well. So just really like stop and analyze the, the missed opportunities in your sales process, and then outwardly look for the opportunities in which you can make more sales. Yes. And I'll give you an example of looking for like outwardly looking for some opportunities. And this is going to seem super shady. So I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. And a lot of people thought I was shady when I did it. I'm just going to throw it out there. It looked shady for a lot of people, but it was pure intentions, pure, pure intentions. So when I owned one of my fitness companies in Hawaii, there was a, another facility that had to close their doors. So they, they went bankrupt. I could get all into like, I, I saw, I saw that coming. They went bankrupt for a many, a multitude of reasons. And they had all these clients who had class packages that they weren't going to honor. So they had all these clients who were just sitting on, they had just paid their membership fees and they were all going to lose their money. They had all these instructors who now were out of jobs and front desk people who were all out of jobs. So I 
swooped in, let's call it. And I employed them all. So I, I basically, I swooped in and was like, hey, I, I don't want to, I'm not stepping on toes. I don't want it to leave any bad feelings. However, I know you're all out of jobs. I have openings if you want spaces to teach here, here, and here. This is where I'm taking people. If anybody wants to apply, I am hiring people. And I reached out to the owner who was closing doors and said, hey, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to step on your numbers. I'm not trying to like infiltrate your system. However, if you're trying to make it right for the clients who aren't going to get their money back because you're going bankrupt, I would be willing to take over their memberships at the same price that they were charging, even though they were charging way less than I did, which is why they weren't going to make it. So they were charging a ridiculously low rate and I was willing to take over their memberships at their prices so that their people wouldn't miss anything just to finish out their their membership that they had already paid, like their, their monthly membership. So nobody was signed on for more than three months, but still like I was willing with the instructors that they already had because they I hired all their people. And so they were going to have the exact same class at roughly the same time with the same instructor for the same rate. And I just took over all those people as like a safe space. And it wasn't like I was trying, I mean, yes, I was trying to get them as clients. I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't, I didn't have that in my head, but I saw it as an opportunity to reach out to the community and to make something right. That was not right in my industry. And not everybody stayed at our studio instructors and students, but we did get a huge influx of new clients and it re-energized the space. Even if, even for the ones who didn't stay on, it at least left the community feeling like something was made right yeah and it was an opportunity that i it was a very quick like as soon as i heard out that they were closing i reached out to everybody within 24 hours maybe even like 15 hours it was like they're closing swoop um i want to like correct you like that's not shady at all it it would be more shady if you if they weren't closing and you went in and just kind of like bamboozled everybody and poached everybody like to me and even that's just like business like it is it's with the intention behind it and if you are having shady but that's not shady at all that is opportunity and that is actually and what I will say about that being that we lived in Hawaii and that's where Amanda and I met and this is where it happened at that is actually really important especially in communities such as hope in the Hawaii spirit and the aloha spirit because we really are so connected we know like you know everybody and so being able to allow that business owner who didn't succeed in his business dreams his or her business dreams be able to allow him to as we say in Hawaii save face uh, or in Thailand but essentially like make right you actually that is not shady at all and and that's and I, I'm glad you use that story because I think a lot of times we prevent ourselves from seizing up our on opportunity because we're afraid of like what it might be perceived as that we're pouncing that we're doing this absolutely not there is a difference and as long as you're acting in integrity and like if you're actually asking yourself that if this is shady or if this isn't like having a little bit of like opportunity uh remorse or whatever like oh, yeah. the, you're answering your own question you're doing it from the right place because you actually have conscious <laughs> so However, there's all these missed opportunities. I can remember actually one of my good friends and he was a client for a while, financial advisor in Hawaii, dear friend. He's actually my financial advisor. And 
and this isn't just him, but I can remember having a conversation with him and other clients um, and non-clients. They have the best of, right? The best of West Hawaii, the best of this. And I know they had it in there and I'm sure they have in other regions of the world. And um, my financial advisor won it. And he's like, oh, this is great. I was like, yeah, and it's an opportunity. We're going to create a postcard. You're going to send it out to all of your current clients to say, hey, thank you for believing in me. This is what I just won. And hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Here's a call. Past clients in like not even clients and your current clients to like, this is an opportunity for you to put yourself in front of people. And he got a ton of business from it. Like we... There are so many opportunities that present, look at the whole Jack chat GTP thing that's happening. Like all these people are jumping on the bandwagon and like getting in and building the knowledge. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend last night about this. And she's like, and she's super smart. And actually I'm going to have a call with her and like a meeting with her to learn more about chat GTP. I always say that wrong, but whatever it is. And, um, she's like, yeah, cause she wants to start her own consulting. She's like, but I, I don't know that much. <laughs> We're like, you know, more than us, like take this opportunity. Like right now you have the movement of everybody wanting, like AI is fairly new. Kind of like what we were talking about with Bitcoin earlier too. Like when Bitcoin was barely new, my ex got on it. And like, it's just like, it's really, my son even like got into it. And like, it's really important because now they have more knowledge than all these people than me that's getting onto it. It's such late in the game. Same with chat. Chat GTP is like, she has an opportunity to be able to like school these people and she's just one step ahead. So it's even a perceived opportunity. Like when there's just the idea of the opportunity as well, you can position yourself to be able to capitalize on that with the right intentions. We're definitely saying with the right intentions to move your, your business forward, to move your sales opportunities forward. It's just, most of us do not take it. We don't take the ones that are actually given to us, right? So the in incoming, um, but that's why we need to look at our process to make sure we're not letting those fall through, right? The ones that are being, we're being reactive sales to. And then once you have that down, look at the proactive opportunities. There's always opportunity. I love opportunity. I, I love, I, I love people that take opportunity, even, even those ones that might be a little bit shady, like don't hate the player, hate the game type of thing. Like you saw the opportunity and you took it and I can appreciate that. Even though I don't agree with what you did. Like, I love that, like that hunger, that step, like that ingenuity or that, like trusting that that step is going to be there and just kind of, and that's to me, the soul of entrepreneurship too, like taking that leap, like making that forward step. Yeah, I absolutely believe that's one of the most integral parts of being an entrepreneur is seizing that opportunity. I mean, it's it's seeing where those opportunities lie and then capitalizing on it and just latching on and knowing when to let go and knowing when to go full force and to take the risk. And it's, there is some trial and error there. I have made some terrible choices, let's call them. Uh, I have I have taken some opportunities that did not turn out the way I intended them to. And that is just the nature of everything. You can't go into the idea of building and, and working in your opportunities and seizing these moments with the idea that you're going to get it every time, because that's unrealistic, no matter what you're looking at. It's an unrealistic expectation to think that you're always going to succeed in that. That's just, that's it's never going to happen. It's like, let go of that perfectionism. But being open 
to the opportunities is half the battle. If you never let yourself see, number one, where you're not doing well. And that one I had to work on for a long, long time is, is admitting that I didn't always have it together. Don't you smile at me. You know what I'm talking about. Admitting I that I don't totally have know. it together. Yeah, that I don't always have it together. A lot of that admittance is it's like the first step to recovery. Like admitting that you have a problem is the first step to recovery. It's the same thing. So knowing that I didn't have it all together was something that allowed me to see that vision and to strike when it's hot because it, you you sense it. I mean, a lot of it's just internal, like, oh my God, that seems like that'd be a great idea. And there are plenty of times that I've let it go by and not seize the moment and then regretted it horribly. But there are plenty of times in the opposite direction where I did seize the moment and I feel like that made all the difference. So I just, it is scary, particularly when there isn't any. And for all my examiners out there, it's probably extra scary for you because you can't do any research on it a lot of times. I mean, not saying you can't ever do research on it. However, a lot of times when you're trying to strike while it's hot, when it's hot, you don't have time to research. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I can't believe it's time already. So we need to like, wrap up like our high level points. I'll go first. It's like, you know, first in your sales and in general, like look at, but look at your sales process, look at the reactive missed opportunities. Right. And so where can you fill in the gaps, automate, systemize, um, bridge things together. Uh, once you dig into your sales process, this should be, like we said, like I ended up hiring it a, uh, an answering service, like Amanda's uh, client hopefully created some kind of like auto response or having somebody answer those. So look at the, the reactive missed opportunities first, because that is, that's like what's happening to you already. And you need to work on that because other, otherwise you're going to miss more or become overwhelmed later. So reactive and then the active and the proactive. So active would be like having the conversations and making sure that you're looking for the opportunities um, that are happening around you. For example, like the, my client friend, the financial advisor, to me, that was an active um, action step for opportunity, right? Sending out those postcards. The proactive would be creating your own opportunities, which is a little bit of what Amanda was just talking about as well. So like, what can you create as an opportunity or like be more, even more like pioneering and, and forward thinking with that. And so that would be the three levels, but I'd start at the reactive then the active and the proactive level for opportunities. And here's the thing, like take that step, take that leap. You're going to land somewhere. And at worst you learn, you rinse, repeat, or you don't do it again, but you rinse, repeat. Um, and then you move forward again. And the second thing I'll talk about, or I'll say, and then I'll pass over to man is there's never a perfect time. There's never going to be enough information. Like the perfect time is now, especially with the opportunities that we're talking about. Like don't wait when you have something present itself, um, because you could lose out. Absolutely. And absolutely. 100% there's never going to be a perfect time. And there's this saying going around, like do one thing a day that scares you. And if you're not a little bit afraid of your goals, then like, are they the right goals? And I, I don't necessarily think that's true in all ways, because I don't feel 
I don't feel fear in the normal way that I think a lot of people do. I'm not saying that I'm impervious to it, that I don't feel it the same way that a lot of people do, <clears throat> but I will, I will make a small change to that. But if, if what you want to do, if what you're aiming for in your business doesn't scare someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be you, but if someone in your immediate world, isn't a little bit afraid for you, you might not be pushing yourself enough. And I'm not saying like go down a horrible rabbit hole of terrible decisions. That's not what I'm saying. Hmm. But using your resources to the best of your ability, as Lynn said, the worst that can happen is that you're going to fail and then you're going to learn something really, really well, really, really fast and really, really thoroughly. The best things I've done in my life have come from horrible, horrible failures. And we won't get, that's a whole other podcast. We're going to go over the failures of my life. Whole other podcast. One of these I, days. Have, I mean, it's the best, truest teacher I've ever had. I, I cannot Hands emphasize down. that. So if that's your big worry is what's going to happen if you fail, just do it a hundred times more. Like go further, faster, longer into that dream and into that opportunity because the worst that can happen is failure. I mean, I guess jail time. I guess it depends on what you're what yeah, your endeavor. We're not talking about legal activities, people. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> this this just so you know, this podcast does not serve as legal advice in any way, shape, or form. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I keep my lawyer is happy I said that. That's all I gotta uh, say. Absolutely. We love this. And if this is something that you're struggling with, Amanda and I, like this is something that we are we are good at, we understand. And even though I don't care for this uh, term, we are experts in because we have done this time and time again. We help our clients do this. We look for opportunities for them and then we help them create the plan and move that action forward. If it is not us and you're afraid, find somebody that can help you and be that that person who's going to help support you in that because it can be scary, but here's how you move your business forward. Here's how you actually experience and grow. And we're really excited about hearing all about the non-missed opportunities because you listen to this podcast and put in that work. So, so get after it. All right, everyone. It's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuitofbadassery.com.